welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing great. Oh, all right. Um, I mean, things are, you know, work's busy. Things are all balled up at the head office. But um, I just got back from, from Mexico. I went to Mexico. For, I took a couple of extra days off, turned my three-day Memorial Day weekend into a five-day Memorial Day weekend. Nice. Spent some of that time, uh, about three of those days, down in Mexico. It was, it was it was it was great fun. I would recommend it to anyone. South of the border. Yes, this was in down Mexico uh, way. Rosarito Beach, which mm-hmm. is um, not exactly off the beaten path. It's a a, a big um, uh, tourist stop. Um, That's fine. Uh, although I was um, happy to see, like uh, my hotel was for uh, for the weekend. I, I guess I don't think they have Memorial Day. Um, I don't think that's a Mexican holiday. So by by yeah. Monday, it was mostly Americans. But it was the weekend was as many sort of Mexican families vacationing together as it was uh, American families. It was that's a, good. It was a, it was a good good mix, um, and it was a uh, it was a blast. And I you know there's nothing like. I, I think I talked recently about the Renaissance Pleasure Fair and how like I used to like to go when I was a teenager, but I didn't. I was missing that extra element of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the beach is all fine and good, but when you can sit on the beach and a waiter will come to you on the beach and take your drink order and bring you drinks, that's a whole other level of enjoying the beach. Uh, I wish I, I wish things. I drank. Do you? Not really. Sometimes I wish I didn't. Sometimes in the mornings. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds really sad. Um, That's like something out of uh, Days of Wine and Roses. But uh, no, the, uh, the, like, the culture of it is something that I feel like I would enjoy. I think certain bars and just like going out and like, you know, people say, let's go get a drink. There's so much that's great about that. Um, and I, we should actually do an episode on like drinking in the movies. Have we done I, an episode of on drinks? No. Because I like they're some of my favorite movies. And by the way, maybe that's why I don't drink is because <laughs> of those movies. And I wonder uh, if uh, I don't know if listeners would be annoyed because I think it would turn into a heavily sort of autobiographical episode on mm-hmm. my part because I um, I you know we know we have friends who are sober because they've had problems in the past yeah um and i i i spend i think way more time than the average you know social drinker or whatever uh i guess i'm a bit more than a social drinker but i'm a drinker i spend way more time than the average drinker like thinking that i'm glad that i that it doesn't like have this negative effect i mean i joke about the morning so it's just a, mm-hmm. a, a joke and i'm able to joke about that because i don't have this the, the this problem where my drinking is like controlling my life or or I'm you know choosing drinking over doing other more uh, uh, healthy or social things it, you know these problems that I've heard other people have I'm uh, I I don't know where I'm going with this but I'm way too focused I think on maybe I'm the right amount of focused like I'm enjoying maybe I enjoy drinking more because I know that it's not ruining my life. Yeah, it's I wonder if if that's I'm not saying it's it's unhealthy, but the idea of like you know, being a Christian, being part of Christian culture where uh there tends to be a great deal of focus on what you're not doing. Um <clears throat> you know, I do think that that there is such a thing. I'm not saying that this is the case for you, but like that there is such a thing uh as like 
focusing so much on something, even it's like, okay, I don't want to be that. Uh-huh. But in doing so, you find yourself backing into something. You're backing away from that, and you wind up backing right into something else. Uh-huh. Uh, and even if it's even if it's that, you're like you wind up to keep the metaphor going. Like you wind up backing away from it in a circle, and you wind up backing right <laughs> into it. Right. And so, um, so I don't mean to say that that's what you're doing, but it's it is something I've, that I've that I've heard about. I was like, kind of. It's it's one of the things that I like about the movie Affliction. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of you know alcoholism and stuff, but uh, you know Nick Nolte's character so much doesn't want to be his dad that it's like all right as long as I'm not my dad in these ways then we're fine and in doing so he winds up being exactly like his father in these other ways mm-hmm. and then it just becomes and it's just and it's fascinating how blind the character is to that. It's a great book by the way too. So sorry. I haven't read the book. I read. Um... I read The Sweet After, which is also by Russell Banks, right? Yeah. I read three of his books. I read Continental Drift and Affliction and The Sweet Hereafter. So, and I keep meaning to read uh, Rule of the Bone, and I keep getting 10 pages in, and then I get distracted by something else. Well, I don't read anymore, as you've said. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I also think a lot about how much I drink because um, uh, I know some people take uh, uh, umbrage with this, but Los Angeles is not a great drinking town. Uh, I've heard that. It's just uh, things close at two, which means they actually close at one thirty. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, public transportation is impossible. You know, you have yeah. to you have to drive. So I don't. Chicago seemed like a pretty good drinking town. Chicago's a great drinking town. You got four yeah. o'clock bars. You got you have public transportation that runs all night. Yeah, uh, regularly all over the city. Yeah, Chicago and New York are great. Uh, New Orleans is great because it's small. As long as you can, as long as you can get home without driving, which you can, you know, you can get a cab or. Uh, and again, it's a small city. You probably don't live there. And New Orleans being New Orleans, they're just like, look, just wait two minutes and a cab will be by ready to pick you up. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's not the point. Yeah. You had something. I did. Um, I was thinking of writing a blog about this, but I, I feel like I couldn't speak with quite enough authority to justify it. Um, so I watched the new season of Arrested Development. Uh, I've only seen the first episode. Okay. Uh, had you seen everything up until then? You've seen all of the the series. I had to binge on to catch up on season three. I'd only seen the first two seasons until fairly recently. Okay, I crammed season three, uh, and then I've watched the first episode of the new season. Okay, so I watched all the episodes, and I did. It wasn't necessarily a, a binge. I mean, I guess compared to let me put it this way: compared to some, it was not a binge. Based on people like on Twitter and stuff, it's like. They started watching the minute it became available and stopped watching the minute they ran out and then started yeah. watching again. I think yeah, Rudy, I think Rudy Obias might have done that. It's been available like less than five days at this point. The fact yeah. that you've seen it all is kind of a binge. Yeah. By, although, standard t- by TV standards. It's also a little it's frustrating because I also watched a lot of it while I was working. Ah. And so like. Part of me feels like, even though I feel like I absorbed a lot of it, and you know, when I got the impression that there was a visual gag, um, then I would click over and you know rewatch something. like the watermark thing that threw a lot of people off. Oh, I love that! I didn't really get what it was. I got that it was supposed to be a joke. I didn't know what the joke was, but what? I thought I do think it's funny that people like complain to Netflix about it. Oh, that's inter- okay. Uh, yeah, it's the idea that uh, there is a a program uh, called Show Stealer, uh-huh. um, where basically if you're going to rip DVDs onto your computer, there's this program called Show Stealer, and 
uh, I think if you have the trial version, uh, then that watermark will be there. So, so the idea is all this, all the footage they reused from the initial three seasons. Yes, yeah. they bought like, the DVDs, <laughs> ripped it to their computer, but couldn't, but couldn't be bothered to buy the official version. Um, oh, that's funny. That's pretty solid. I didn't get what the joke was. That's funny. It took it took I, me a minute to even realize that it was a joke because it uh-huh. did look like a like a mistake. It's like, did they rush this out? <laughs> did they did they finish editing the day of? Uh-huh. Um, but eventually, I was like, ah, okay, I got it. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so I, so I watched it all, and uh, it starts out pretty sluggish, I think. Um, okay. Well, sluggish, but incredibly fast-paced. Um, I think it just doesn't... It takes a, a while to find its sea legs and stuff. Um, but what's fascinating to me is just, like, the sheer... And, and it winds up being good. Okay. At times, great. You know, I, I don't think it measures up to what it was, but of course the circumstances are different than how it was um and i'll get to that in a second but like it, it's just astounding how many people are talking about like how disappointed they were by by it and they're just like oh it's just a shadow of its former selves like oh it's disappointing and these are people that love the show and it's just one of those things like and it goes back to something that you and i talk about with with filmmakers or whatever and it can happen with tv shows as well where it's just like you invest so much in it that the next thing that they do, it can't possibly live up to what it is because they're, because it's, they're trying to measure up to what's in your mind. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the thing. Arrested development has had years to grow in people's mind mm-hmm. as this mythic martyr. Right. You know what I mean? This thing that this well, Testament, let me tell you as someone who kept, who caught up, Recently, season three is not on par with the first two seasons. Anyway. I agree. It's it, there's some really good stuff in in season three. Yeah, but uh, it's it's became a little bit too. Uh, what's the uh, what's the thing that eats its tail? Ouroboros. Yeah, yeah. It became a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, and and this, by the way, is some is, is a lot of that as well. But they're they're also trying to do some new things, and that's good. But. It's just one of those things where, I, I mean, people had, like, viewing parties where they dressed as the character and just, like, I don't okay, get that. Th- what was that? That's that's another conversation, but I, I don't get that. Yeah, it's... There's so few people I trust enough to watch something with them. Like, oh, that's... I, I look at, like, Facebook photos of people dressed, you know, as Tobias or whatever, and I'm just, like... That is that can't possibly the best view be the best viewing environment for That's, this. Yeah, I, I'm I sure someone's going to talk. Or I, I have friends I follow like on Instagram who have weekly Game of Thrones parties, and I think like, do you think they go home and watch the show for real again afterwards? <laughs> for real, exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah. And not to imply, of course, that uh, what only like watching a show by your or a movie by yourself is the only way you really watch it. But like, it's like. Uh, if if you have a gathering that's large enough to qualify as a party, it's like you can't manage all those people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and just like I mean, I have a I have a, a weekly movie night with my friends, and that's a solid six or seven. Everyone's on the same page. We yeah, all yeah. agree. But every once in a while, someone will bring a friend. <laughs> oh boy! And that one person throws it all begins. off. Yeah, <laughs> and just well, the hazing winds up being they laugh. Like, like they, they'll make a little comment as they laugh at something. And then I clear my throat loudly. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah. And so it's just, and that's the thing I find myself wondering, 
not wondering i feel like this is i feel like it's a sure thing that like if people had not built this show up so much then people would not say that they were disappointed they would i feel like they would have said like oh if they had been like hey that's coming back i really loved that show i'm glad it's back i'm glad that those people are working together again this this should be interesting and fun and then they watch and like that was interesting and fun the end but no, like you build it up like it's this, like it's a religion almost. Let me play devil's advocate. Okay. Part of the fun is the building up. The the anticipation is part of the fun of it. Because it, I, let me, okay, most of the time it doesn't work. Because I've, right. uh, recent, somewhat recent movies from the past couple of years that I've gotten very excited about that ended up being a bummer to me, a disappointment, one of which you like, uh, is Cabin in the Woods okay. and Prometheus. Yeah. Uh, and... In in both cases, I am bummed that it didn't turn out well. But I also have fond memories of being excited to see them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and then recently, I had one that turned out well. Uh, I'll talk about it the second week in a row. The Hangover Part Three. It was it was as much as I wanted. I liked it as much as I wanted to, and that one turned out well. So the anticipation was. Although that one, I feel like you you were alone in your anticipation of that one. Almost everyone I know. Oh yeah. Whereas Cabin in the Woods and Prometheus, you're absolutely right. There was a communal thing. Yeah, everyone I'm just was talking about me. Okay, yeah, all right. Yes, but um, everyone was building on each other's anticipation. They're trying yeah. to one up each other with anticipation, as far as those other movies. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't play well with others, so I didn't really. Uh, my anticipation for Prometheus wasn't any more communal than my anticipation for Hangover Part Three because mm-hmm. I don't. You know, I don't really talk to other people very much yeah. about movies. <laughs> Because uh, it's a recipe for me getting annoyed, uh, which is not, and them uh, getting it, offended probably. Yeah, it, no, I, 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 I keep it to myself because that's, um, that is a snobbish thing of me to say, and it's a snobbish thing of me to feel, uh, and I and know yet, that, and which yet is why here I, we are. But I keep it to myself in in public. If someone yeah. says something that about a movie that it, I that annoys me, I mostly I generally just keep it to myself. Okay. Um. Anyway, this is all to say. I wouldn't give up the feeling of being excited to see Prometheus of like waiting in in line outside the theater and going in and the movie starting like that's that's all part of the fun. I uh, see and it's I don't know. I don't know like it's it just it seems it I, I'm trying to think of here's what here's why I, I said here's I was why I'm stam- yeah because I mostly it, agree with you here's why I'm stammering is because I'm trying to find a better way to say this than I'm thinking and I can only think of just like it's just it's like choosing to have blue balls <laughs> but like it's like yes yes you might get that payoff and it'll be awesome but nine I would say like you said most of the time that kind of anticipation cannot like almost no movie can live up to it because uh, to carry on with your sophomoric analogy... I'm sorry. It's all I could come up with. Um, you are building towards a very specific uh, desire in that situation. Yes. Uh, whereas... Um, David, high five me. No. <laughs> um, whereas, uh, I, I guess, I'm reasonable enough to know that there's a good chance that Prometheus is going to stink or that Hangover Part 3 is going to stink. So I get all excited, and if I don't have the orgasm mm-hmm. i'm okay with that because i went in knowing there wasn't necessarily right. a chance i was going to okay so now we will leave this analogy uh okay. because i don't like it <laughs> i um, don't like it either but uh but that's the thing and if you'll if you'll uh, pardon me that that is you and i think you're a more mature and nuanced 
Uh, film maybe goer than most people. Okay. Maybe he is a film goer. And so, like, There's a lot of ways I am. I know. Oh, you don't have sure. to tell me. I mean, you know, you're getting drunk every night. Every night. Every night. And so, um, but that's the thing is, it's just, it just fascinates me. I, I just, I found myself thinking about like the psychology of it. It's like how much. Maybe there is a, blo- a whole blog post in this, but maybe maybe it's a more than one lesson blog post. But like how much we are, like we are the designers of our own disappointment. Like we are the ones who, who, you know, are architects, we're the architects of our own disappointment, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but is that, but like you said, maybe it's, maybe it's worth it because like, well, if you didn't get excited for it, then, you know, maybe, cause that's the thing. I was super excited for Avengers and it more than paid off. You know what I mean? And yet I, maybe because it was like, uh, relatively on the heels of cabin in the woods i wasn't as excited for avengers as as you were and also because i hadn't right you hadn't seen all the movies and And i still i still haven't yeah i was and so it's i guess i guess ultimately i would say like yes by all means let yourself be excited but the downside of it is that like you know you wind up you and other people online and stuff wind up saying, ah, oh, this thing's a disappointment. Ah, oh, they're just not what they used to be. It's like, well, they are pretty much what they used to be, but they're just not what you thought they were mm-hmm. after all these years of, you know, deifying Still this crazy. thing. <laughs> Indeed. And so, um, so I don't know. It's just, it's just something that kind of struck me is, is the idea of anticipation and disappointment and the way these two things coincide especially with something as beloved and now i wouldn't say it's hated i certainly wouldn't say it's universally hated online but the the consensus is that it's like oh it's just we're disappointed it's like what did you expect like now i am not like it it could only have like only the only way it could have lived up to your expectations if it is if it were a better show than the original show right um i don't have a leg to stand on here I, I, i i i'm not gonna I don't have any uh, bona fides in what I'm about to say. Okay. But you have to just not let the behavior of other fans get to you. And it doesn't. <laughs> it- I'm the guy who gets beat red about the way that people overpraise Game of Thrones, which has no effect on me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, I have no leg to stand on. But in this, I guess I'm able, more able to let it go. And, you know, it actually. I- I liked. I really liked Arrested Development when it was on. I, I would venture to say that I loved it. And then when it was over, it's like that's unfortunate. Moving on. And so it's not something it, it, like yeah. That's like even shows that I love. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. But um, like when it's like, uh, oh no, there won't be any new episodes of Louie until 2014. It's like, oh yeah, I guess that's a bit of a bummer. But it's not like there's not going to be any good TV between now and then. There's all this other good stuff we can watch while we wait for a new a new episode of a new season of Louie. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, and by the way, uh, you know, if somebody, if Dave, if if David Milch said like, "Hey, by the way, we got a couple more seasons of Deadwood coming," then I'm like, "Ah, shit! All right, yeah, okay, I'm excited about that." But so, so that's the thing. It's just like, so I, I was never, uh, I was never the fan that some of these people were, and I won't begrudge them that. Um, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of sorry. I'm kind of scattered, but it, it just. And maybe not being the fan that other people are allowed me early on when they announced that they were coming back. I was like, okay, here's what I predict. (laughs) I predict it will be funny. I also predict that they are going to bring back every fucking joke, which is kind of what they do anyway. But it's like they're going to make sure to hit every beat 
that people know and love. And over the course of the season, they do. Some of them pay off well. Others where it's just like, you're starting to get that. You're starting to beat that Charlie Brown thing into the ground. Like, Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just, but that's the thing. They, that anticipation started to leak into them as well. And they felt like they had to give people what they wanted. And in doing so, it just kind of feels like a warmed over version of what you're already familiar with. Like the Aqua Teen movie. Which I never saw, actually. I know. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because I didn't make that screening. Sorry. Screening. Oh, I call them screenings now. Yeah. It was just a regular movie you and I were paying to go to. But you lived here all of like a week and a half, and you made a right on Vermont instead of a left. Indeed, yes. All right. But uh, anyway, so that was all. And then also... Um, oh, and the the other thing is just like... And this this might be a bit more controversial. Uh, people comment that uh, the nature of... The, the structure of the show, where like each person kind of has an episode that focuses on them mm-hmm. and it's not the the ensemble nature of it isn't quite there like it was um and people will say like well that's because you know that's because the actors like it's hard to get them all in the yeah. same place at the same time and i more than a little smugly said yeah do you know why they'd all moved on <laughs> they had all done other things maybe we should too <laughs> Because I'm so with you on that, by the way, you know, it's, I don't know. It just, maybe it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. But, okay. Um, Hmm. I I literally cannot think of a way to get into tweaked. So tweakedaudio.com <laughs> is where you go for uh, professional uh, quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors uh, at a low, low price. Uh, but because you're a listener of Battleship Pretension, if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, you get all that, everything I just said, professional quality earbuds, variety of styles and colors, low, low price, plus one third off and free shipping. Well, all right. So it becomes an even lower, it's a low, low, low price is what it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm glad you approve. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. Uh, also, hit is a crime thriller from Gentleman Baby, sorry, Gentleman Baby Comics. Issue one was funded on Kickstarter and is now available. It is the story of a hitman named Connor Connolly who discovers a disturbing part of his past in what should be a routine job. Issue one is just the beginning. Hit is a six-issue story arc that follows Connor from the suburbs of Arkansas to Fenway Park as he tries to uncover the secrets that made him a killer. You can buy a physical copy of, copy of Hit for just $5 or a digital copy for $3. Visit www.gentlemanbabycomics.com to get your copy and like Gentleman Baby Comics on Facebook for all of the info on Hit and their future projects. You really insisted on saying those W's, didn't you? Oh, yeah. You yeah. just had to do it. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun to say. Yeah. I That's HTTP colon <laughs> backslash back. Oh, forward no, slash. No, forward slash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. My favorite thing ever. I love to talk about... Uh, uh, the best show with on WFMU mm-hmm. hosted by Tom Sharpling and John Worcester calls in his characters and I can't remember what characters this was or what the context was but he was giving his website and he started off by saying W <laughs> <laughs> so I always think that I kind of wanted to do it there but I uh, didn't want to rip off John Worcester without giving him credit indeed so we should we mention about- the other thing is uh, oh yeah you mentioned the other thing okay all right everybody so here's here's the deal uh, I don't know quite how to uh how to put this we well this is the time out. of year yeah that for the past two or three years 
God, three or four years. We've been doing it for a while now. Yeah. We would do a donation drive mm-hmm. where we'd get uh, our, um, our our past guests uh, who are all you know uh, famous and working and very funny and, and very smart and have all these content and products, and we would get them to donate stuff to us, often signed, and then uh, you, the listener, by donating or, or beginning a donation subscription would win or, uh, enter a chance to win uh we entered to win some uh, uh of those prizes and that has worked for us mm-hmm. but what we thought to do this year this is i say we this was tyler's uh brilliant idea that's something i'm being sarcastic but no it was a very good idea um, well it remains to be seen that's kind of dependent on you everybody um, is that, are you going to make me look like a fool uh, or not here, here's a way that you can uh give us money and by doing so not be entered uh, for a chance to win something, but be guaranteed some some content, uh, and that is that we have uh, recorded what, if this is a success, will be the first of many uh, premium episodes. Yes, which is uh, basically again this, these will find their form as we go on, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But basically, the idea is to have someone on who's really funny and mostly just stay out of his way. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> uh, so it's it, it's a it's, it's a it's a very funny. Uh, episode that we did with uh our great friend bill dwyer mm-hmm. uh, who's an incredibly funny man and the host of the uh one two three with bill dwyer podcast uh he, he he came on and we just uh talked about movies and a bunch of other stuff and it was mostly just we let him riff and it was fun and this is why we have these comedian friends to uh sometimes relieve you uh, you guys of the burden of listening to us yeah uh, so now for a dollar 29 will you give the specifics yeah so basically uh if you click on the store or there will be a uh an ad on the side of the page uh that you can click on and that'll take you to uh all the details about how to uh pay for the episode but basically you'll click on uh the paypal button and it'll just it costs a dollar twenty nine, and then an email will be sent to me that you paid for it, uh, and then I will send you a the MP three, and uh, you can just download it and listen to it at your leisure. But uh, but that will be that is not by the way a limited time thing. Uh, that's just ongoing. Ad infinitum. At, oh yes, I never I never use that <laughs> phrase. I I often only ever see it written. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and I always forget that it's I and not I, and so I, it's like ad infinitum. But ad infinitum uh, sounds classy. I think that's how you say it. I think that is how you say it. I think and I know so, from Schoolhouse Rock, but I can't remember which Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> but yeah, and so we did enjoy doing that episode, and and I do want to emphasize that, like, yes, okay, we do have a sponsor, and then of course we do have tweaked, and you guys have been very supportive in all of that. But we yeah, are not. That. Yeah. That, what was that? <laughs> keep doing that. Yeah, that's fine. But as far, but that's the thing. We are not having a donation drive this year. Yeah. yeah. And we might have, we might have like a, like a mini one later on in the year, but right now we want to try this. Yeah. And I think this is what we're talking about with the, the tweaked thing is not just you throwing money at us. You get some right. great earbuds when you buy a tweet and we get some of that. Right. And here, this is another thing where you get some content that is not otherwise available. Right. Um, that is very funny. Um, I, mean, I think if we've, we've done the one if we did another one of these and we it didn't turn out well we I don't think we would sell it right 
so um but we've already recorded this episode we enjoyed it a lot yeah, we think you will enjoy it if you like bill dwyer it is him at his bill dwyerist yeah and if you don't like bill dwyer then you're crazy or you haven't haven't heard him before right uh so yeah that that'll be on on the website um and again this is something the title will send you so don't think like oh, i'm heading out the door in five minutes i gotta download this because it'll be there'll be some delay right uh but it's worth it yes so okay. there you go so we were talking before back a few topics ago about hype okay. uh, or anticipation mm-hmm. um and uh no season no season on the calendar has more hyped or anticipated movies in the summer which we covered when we did our summer movie preview mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago uh so we thought we would uh, use this episode to talk about summer movies in a different way, meaning literally movies about summer. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, I, now this was David's idea, and I did not have the opportunity to research right. it because we only came up with it today. The first Sunday in June, which is technically still spring, but in terms of like school calendars and stuff, is yeah. really when summer starts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Look, we all need to just get on the same page here. All right. June, July, August, summer. September, October, November, fall, December, January, December, February, January, February winter, March, March, April, May, spring. All right, four seasons. There's twelve months. This is easy. All right, I'm tired of this horse shit of like, oh, the first day of spring is like I don't know, July 18th or something. Yeah, it's like it's like June 21st or something. Like that. Still, that's super late. Um, June, June 1st, first day of spring. Like, it makes sense to me, but you know the way things are going, all the months are going to be summer before too long. Um, <laughs> hippie <laughs> so it being june I, I i was in a summery mood am i having just been you know uh on a beach and on memorial day weekend uh so i thought this is this is fun uh this is a fun topic and so i kind of broke down into some, some different uh some different sort of subsets um and the first well the very first movie i thought of when i thought about summer let me ask you, what was yours when I came up with Jaws. the topic? Jaws. Jaws is on my list. Um, the first movie I thought of was Dazed and Confused. Oh, okay. Because I think... Uh, I'm not a super nostalgic guy, you know? Um, but I am... Uh, I do sometimes think about Summer, about how the fact that now, and for, you know, uh, quite a while now, I've been out of... I graduated from college, what, nine years ago. Um, uh, summer doesn't have the same meaning. I still go to work every day in the summer, right. you know? Uh, so the first thing I thought of was that feeling of it being the last day of school and you having a whole summer laid out in front of you. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it is a very fun feeling, um, you know, mostly because it meant... You weren't going to be forced to be around the kids who were going to make fun of you. You could mostly just be with your friends who weren't mean. Oh, wow. That's a, <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Yeah, there's that. But um, also, you know, I mean... Uh, what you is stay it? up later and watch movies. Um, yeah, and you don't have to get up early. Yeah, well, like although I did of, for swim practice. But I, Oh, yeah, yeah. I would, gen- I would get up and go back to sleep or whatever. Um, but... Uh, so I thought of Days and Confused because I think it really captures that feeling of school being out and mm-hmm. and uh, um, now a lot of uh, now all the characters uh, in Days and Confused are either um, 
people just end uh, almost all the characters. People either who have just ended their junior year who are going to be seniors, right? Or people who have just ended ended their eighth grade year who are going to be starting high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has that uh, that finiteness. The summer, you know, is the last one before months. everything gets gets real. Or, but I just mean like at the end of the summer, it starts over again. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I think Days of Confused gets that really well. Whereas another movie I thought of that's in the same sort of schools out type of uh, subset is The Graduate, which mm. is a movie that is more about like being done with school literally forever and having yeah. your whole life in front of you, which is a much different feeling. A feeling that I loved, by the way, and sometimes am still able to recapture. When I think sometimes when work is my, – my day job is – really pissing me off or really stressing me out and I don't want to get up and go to work, I think, hey, I don't have to do homework ever again. Like, I don't have, I don't ever have to go to school again. Like, having a job that I get paid to go to is way better than going to school. No matter, even going to school for something I liked. And to think you describe yourself as a socialist pinko. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, anyway... Right. That, that, was in, that was in the premium episode. You'll oh, yeah, the context yeah. for that. Yeah, there's a little preview for you there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how do you, uh, Yeah, it's... You know, I'm trying to think about that that idea of, like... And I think I... Did I mention it on this show or on More Than One Lesson? I don't totally I don't remember listen to every episode of More Than One Lesson. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's on you. Um, where uh, the first day of every summer vacation, I would still set my alarm. Did I tell you that? No. Yeah, I, I like st- this idea. Yeah, I see where it's going. Oh, absolutely. Um, I would set my alarm the first day of summer vacation. The sur- first day of almost any vacation, honestly. Like if it was going to be like a week or more, like spring break or winter break. But summer, it was of course you know months long, so so it was specifically very important. But anyway, so the first day I would set it six fifty. That's the time I woke up. And, uh, I would wake up and it was a terrible alarm clock that I had. Uh-huh. It was just, uh, yeah. it was awful. I can and so I would, I would set my alarm simply so that I could turn it off and go, go back, back to sleep. sleep. That's a great feeling. And just, and I, I did it, I did it every summer on, va- on vacation this past, this past week. I thought about setting my alarm for six 30, <laughs> uh, which is when I get up now. Yeah. And I haven't had to, I mean, I haven't had like a, a, a day job. I mean, I've got my job, but I haven't had like a day job that requires me to get up in the morning and like, what year is this? 2013. Uh, like almost about four years now. So <laughs> my alarm is kind of this arbitrary thing now. Uh-huh. It's, you know, I, I kind of miss the idea. I miss having that structure so that when I don't have that structure, I can revel in not having it. I don't actually right. miss the structure. Right. Yeah, I uh, this past being on vacation, a five day weekend, two of those mornings, um, I got to just wake up when when I woke up. Yeah, not set an alarm, which is something I never ever get to do anymore. It's one of the things that I like about, and this isn't a summer movie, but one of the things I like about Office Space is the idea that just like he just sleeps through his alarm, and he's supposed to be in work into work that day. It's a Saturday, mm-hmm. but he's supposed to come in, and he just sleeps, and like that is heaven to him that he just sleeps as long as he's going to sleep yeah. and that's it yeah it's like it's so rare that i get to do that yeah, you hear these like uh you know new age crunchy granola hippie types talk about how you should set your circadian rhythm so that you get up at the time you need to get up without an alarm i don't even like whatever i'm just gonna like, sleep Stop that, telling me what to do 
The idea of how much energy that would take makes me tired. <laughs> I just want to go to sleep thinking about trying to plan that far ahead. How boring is your life that you could be that rigid in your circadian rhythm and still have dreadlocks or whatever the fuck? All right. Um, <laughs> and then I also put American Graffiti into that, that topic. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, American Graffiti and Days and Confused are... It is interesting how they're, they're really... A lot of summer movies, they do have... There is a... The, the only word I can think of is fleeting. There's a fleeting nature to them. Because it's this idea of like, everything is great. We can do whatever we want, but not always. And yeah, it, yeah it's both people fleeting, often it's use both, it. It's both eternal and fleeting at the same time. Yeah. Like all the possibilities are open to us, but only for these three months. Yeah. And it often, I, I think it's often, you know, used as kind of this microcosm of childhood. Because as you said, like, you know, we don't have summer vacation off as adults. And so... um and that still feels wrong to me, by the way. I've been out of high school for a very long time now. And uh, part of me is still like, it's summer. Why do I have to do this? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's like, like, like when you work on your birthday. Which I don't. You don't work on your birthday? No. Do you call in sick or do you just take no, the I day take off? I take it off. All right. A little ahead of time. Look at you. Mr. Rebel over here. I'm, I actually usually am out of the state as well. I like to... Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that I make my girlfriend like buy me a plane ticket for uh, my birthday. Basically, like we take a couple trips a year, and I usually try to plan one oh, okay. on my birthday so that I'm. Uh, basically, I don't want to inconvenience my friends by making them come to a party or or something. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So I was. Um, yeah, I was in uh, Chicago last year, and I was in New Orleans the two years before that. Uh, this year I'll be in St. Louis. I mean, I love St. Louis, but I my brother's getting married on my birthday, oh, yeah. so I have to be there. I spent my birthday at uh, at the bank this last year. <laughs> Admittedly, it was the bank to finalize a loan for my house, uh-huh. so that's not a big that's not bad. But uh, and then I went and had roundtable pizza with Josh Long because Jen was out of town. <laughs> so, uh, mo- but yeah, moving on. Well, I, so summer. Thing I wanted to talk about actually because we we've been talking about this like high school and college graduation, but I wanted to talk about more, uh, kids as well. And yeah, the absolutely. idea of the idea of being in the middle of that, uh, summer, which seems endless. I don't know. Did you ever read the book it? No, no, I didn't. Um, I guess the movie or the miniseries is the child's part takes place during a summer vacation yeah. in that sense is in that case as well, but it's much more of a thing in, in, in the book. And there's, uh, this description of the uh, uh, the one character like leaving his thoughts as he's leaving the school the campus or whatever I don't know what you call it a campus when you're in fifth yeah. or sixth grade or whatever grounds but yeah uh, and the thoughts that he's having about how like basically like they the adults say that it's only three months but he knows that it's so much more than that it, yeah it stretches out forever so uh, and you know what I, I'll say this having only seen the miniseries. Um, I think the, I think it captures it pretty well. Specifically, this idea that like, I mean, there are adults in that world, uh-huh. but it is the kids' world. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is like, and the 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 adventure, uh, albeit a, a deadly one, but like the adventure that they're engaging in is one that only they can engage in. Like it only ever targets kids, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, well, until they grow up. 
Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, uh, but that doesn't often happen uh, when it encounters children. Right. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's this idea of like we're on our own. We are left to be on our own, mm-hmm. which is what happens in the summer. Like this wouldn't happen in the school year because they're all going to be they're all going to be in school yeah. and co- under constant supervision. Now we're not, and so we're on this adventure. And so, and maybe, and that's the thing. Having maybe the book is more horrifying, and certainly the the miniseries is scary. The book is at also, times. by the way, told it goes back and forth between the kids and the adults. Whereas the miniseries is the first two hours of yeah. the kids, the second two hours of the adults. It goes back yeah. and forth. Which thanks to uh, Blockbuster putting the wrong tape in the wrong case i my brother and i watched the the adult half first and we're just like i feel like we're missing a lot (laughs) yeah this is very strange and then we're just like oh i get it i hate you blockbuster but um (laughs) but yeah and it's just this idea of like oh i kind of i lost it never mind i'm sorry i apologize everyone i'm getting over uh, a cold so my my energy level is a little little low uh but so movies that take that, that i think capture that well here's one i don't know for sure that it does capture it because uh, one thing you and I have talked about a lot is movies that we loved as kids that we haven't in- revisited since. Okay. And there's one that I'm scared to revisit because I loved it so much when I was a kid. And I don't know if it holds up. I hope it does. And that's The Sandlot. Uh, I, haven't seen watched- it. I haven't seen it in a long time. I, Jen and I were talking about it recently. About uh, I said, like, hey, should we buy The Sandlot? And she's like, No. And not like not I wasn't saying, may I buy the Sandlot? And she said, no, that's not the case. But just I was exploring this idea of like, is this a movie we should own? And she said definitively, like, no, that's not a good movie. And she's seen it more recently than I have. And I get the feeling that if I were to return to it, it would be cheesy as hell. Uh, aside from, you know, the weird uh, vomit scene, which does not appeal to me either, by the way, now that I think about it. Um but I bet it, I, I do get the f- thinking back on it now, mm-hmm. and it's weird to be nostalgic about a movie that is itself nostalgic, but um, but I feel like it probably captures that summer quality. Yeah. Especially the idea of, uh, especially like when it deals with uh, the 4th of July, mm-hmm. you know, is like, it's closer to the beginning than the end of summer, but it's still kind of right there in the middle, and it's this big celebration. Yeah. You know, like that is the summer holiday is for in yeah. in the U.S. is the Fourth of July, so I feel like it captures it pretty well. And just the uh, the, the feeling that I remember, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, I feel like parents are more protective these these days, uh, or at least maybe the parents that I know. But just that you'd leave in the morning, you know, when you were done with your chores or whatever, which I had to do. But you'd leave and you'd be gone all day. Yeah, you just wouldn't come home until it was dark, uh, all day long. You know, I would often go to the pool all, all mm-hmm. day. Like, I would get the pool. Like, I'd be at swim practice at 8 o'clock in the morning or whatever. I'd go home and rush through my chores and be back at the pool when it uh, opened officially, which is at, like, 10.30 or 11. And the pool was open until 8.30. And I would just be at the pool all day for for, for 10 hours. Uh, or, or with friends or whatever. And I feel like that's the sand lot in my memory gets that in that... Like when when you when you leave your house, you're done with your parents for the day, and you're just in that kid's world, like you talked about in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and another movie that I think expands that even more by taking place over a couple of days, and which I can't be nostalgic about because I didn't see it when I was a kid. I didn't see it until I was much older. Uh, is Stand by Me? Yeah, that's the uh, after Jaws. That was the second one that I thought thought about. And, and did you see that as a kid? <clears throat> uh, define kid like thirteen or younger. 
Yeah, I guess. I think I, I think I probably saw it when I was in high school. Okay. I didn't see it until after college, but I had read probably in middle school I read The Body, which is okay. amazing. The, the that's another Stephen King. Yeah, right. I guess he's good at the summer thing. Um Well, he does seem very interested in capturing childhood. Mm-hmm. Now often he's interested in capturing capturing childhood fears, mm-hmm. but yeah, he does seem interested in this kind of primal instinctive um, aspect of humanity that like as you get a, get to be an adult you you discover you find out how to how best to deny those instincts but yeah. as a kid you can't yeah um anyway i i, I love stand by me um, yeah it's that's one that 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 jen watched uh as a kid and uh and loves now uh you know when, and so she she rewatches it regularly, and so I'll watch it with her. And uh, you know, there are times that are a little, it might be a little, uh, not necessarily hokey, but just you know, a little, um, a little treacly, a little. I don't know what's. How would you describe the movie The Majestic? I never saw it. Okay, there's a word that I'm trying to think of where it's like nostalgia, but also like in a way that's just like too. Okay. Too syrupy sweet and it's just too obvious and all sappy? that kind of sappy maybe. Okay. I don't know. I feel like there's a more uh, official word than sappy, but there are times when when uh it feels like that. But that's the thing is when you look at the structure of the movie, which is a you know, it's Wonder Years basically where right. it's, you know, a guy telling you this story and of course he's telling you it through the haze of nostalgia mm-hmm. and just thinking back. And Sandlot has it, and and so like, so that explains the tone, the roman, the maybe overly romanticized tone of that movie is. Well, this guy thinks back on it fondly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you were to tell me a story about like an adventure you and your friends got in, like it would have a certain tone to it in your right. voice, and that movie captures that tone. Yeah, and yeah. so anytime I find myself feeling like ah, that's just a little, I don't know. And then it's like, no, 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 that's, that's what it's supposed to be. be. You know, if it didn't have that narration and it only had that, then I'd be like, Ugh, yeah, no, thank you. But, and I, and it kind of makes me think that the movie's kind of in a number of ways, kind of brilliant <laughs> and, and maybe Rob Reiner's best movie. Mm-hmm. I do like American president. I like spinal tap. Oh, I'm sorry. This is spinal tap. It always bugs me. I don't know why I did that. Cause it always bugs me. People don't say the whole title. For some reason, but it's called This is Spinal Tap. Quick thing about This is Spinal Tap. Like, it is Rob Reiner's movie. He is officially the director. Mm -hmm. But then when you see where Christopher Guest went on, what he went on to do, it makes you wonder, like, did Rob Reiner making that movie inform what Christopher Guest did? Or did Christopher Guest really inform that movie and then went on to make his own? I feel like it's the latter. Yeah, probably. Probably. Like I have a hard, I never think of that as Rob Reiner's movie. I know it's not Christopher Guest officially, but like I don't, th- I know, I don't, I never think of it as having the Rob Reiner touch. Speaking of Rob Reiner, I saw his most recent film, The Magic of Belle Isle. Ah, Ooh. yeah, he's kind of dropped off a little bit, I think. Yeah, what was the last good Rob Reiner movie? I don't know. I gotta say, American President. I don't uh, know. I don't have his filmography in front of me. What year? American President is ninety three. So 90, that, 95 i thought okay so 90. it's after a few good men yeah yeah that was 92 okay so yeah it probably is american president because it's not 
It's not Alex and Emma. Alex, I was just I was trying to think of that. I forgot because <laughs> I did see that. I did see Alex and Emma. Um, well, real quick, uh, as long as we're on the childhood sort of, you know, that freedom of summer uh, and going uh, a little older. Um, and this is a movie you're not as much a fan of as I am, uh, but Itumama Tambien is, uh, uh, I think, a movie that gets gets that in an older way. And also, in a, though it's not like specifically part of the story, but um, they're more rich kids in Itumama Tambien. You know, they don't have jobs. Which, well, I think which, one of them is is rich, and the other is, is specifically right? not. I think because okay. uh, I know that like the beginning, Diego like, Luna has money, and the other one does not. Okay, then that's what it is. They, I know they're like um, at the beginning, they're like in VIP boxes at a at a, uh, a bullfight, right? Don't they go to a bullfight at the beginning? I think so. Uh, and then yeah, there's like a big pool. Anyway, they have access to a car and a lot of time, and probably. If not just not only rich kids, but parents who were maybe less present, yeah, less not in- not nearly as as involved. Now, David, you mentioned a, a pool. They they visit the pool. You you went to the pool a lot as well. I assume you did the same thing at the pool that no, they did, right? No, no, never did that. No, no, that was not. I never would have even thought to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, anyway, yeah, you, no, you that's still not like that movie very much. You know what? It's 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 a fine movie. I I just didn't love it as as much as most people. And oddly enough, that you know, I said that the uh, the narration for Stand by Me is what helps frame the movie in a certain way that makes me appreciate it. The voiceover for Ituma Matambien is what keeps me from loving it. Like it's from what keeps me from really embracing it. Like just that third person kind of thing where it's just you know, always at a, always at a remove mm-hmm. and, uh, and just, you know, like if you're going to do a third person narrator, like you got to be really careful because if you do it the wrong way, it sounds like the filmmaker himself is, is standing back judging the characters. And that's, that. that's what I get. But there's from a, movie. there's a, there's a whimsy to, to it that. Right. And I don't think the whimsy fits either. Yeah. The whole thing with the pigs. Come on. I love that. That's like one of my favorite parts of the movie. It'd be great if it, if it was any other movie, any but, other movie. Well, not any other movie. <laughs> Born on the 4th of July. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, yes. Okay. By the way, I looked it up and uh, uh, American President is the last really good movie he made. He'd okay. made, but after that was Ghost of Mississippi, which is fine. And then he did saw. the story of us, story of us Alex saw. and Emma, which I did see is, you know, whatever. Uh, rumor has it, oh, the bucket really. list oh, flipped, which I heard was awful. Oh, right, yeah. Magic of Belle Isle, and then, uh, oddly enough, the Untitled Prop 8 documentary. Oh, okay. I bet that, I could see that being pretty good. Yeah. All right, um, and then I put Super 8 on here. But uh, Super 8? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Which yeah. Really, I, yeah, I really like Super 8. Um, and speaking although, as somebody who, in admittedly, I was a little bit older than the kids in, in Super 8, but like, in my teenage years, right. summer meant, all right, time to make a movie. By the way, that lasted into college. Like, I made speech and debate in the summer, and then I made breakfast at midnight in the summer. And just like, you know, what else are you going to do when you've got all this this time? And like, if you're a creative person, like, it's like, I, I finally have time to do this thing that I like doing and want to do. So how are we going to do it? And, you know, there's not, there's not a lot that... I, 
I didn't love Super 8 as much as some people, but like that aspect of just a these lot of kids didn't like it. I feel I feel like I'm in the minority. Really? It. Okay. Because yeah, you know this thing we were talking about uh, off mic before we started. Okay. About um, uh, feminine versus masculine modes of storytelling, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I respond to Super 8 in a more uh, maybe feminine way in mm-hmm. that uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not d- that disappointed that the plot kind of fizzles, you know, or, it, you know, it seems to be building to a climax that doesn't have the punch that it should. Right. Because all along the way, um, I'm so interested in how things are affecting the characters uh, more so than I'm less interested in the plot itself than the repercussions of the plot on the characters and their interactions with one another. Well, and oddly enough, uh, as you know, I, I tend to enjoy a good character in a movie from uh-huh. time to time, yeah. you know, once in a blue moon. Uh, and and I was perfectly willing to go along with those characters. And again, I think the tone is right. I, I like a lot of the interaction. But I think what I think what bothered me as far as the characters, what kept me from really loving the movie is that I felt like so many of them kind of fell into archetypes that uh, which maybe given the nature of the movie, like that's, you know, maybe that's what it should have been. Um, but it's what kept me from really loving it. But of course that main kid and, and, uh, the girl, I don't remember either of their names. The girl is the girl of a fanning. Yeah. I think she's L. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's a third fanning. Yeah. Who knows? They're like the Culkins. Actually, there might only be two of them, but anyway. (laughs) Um, and so like, uh, yeah, I think there's just Dakota and L, but anyway, um, but I like their two performances and those are by far the two most nuanced characters <laughs> and the ones that I appreciated the most. Well, I'll say first off, the maybe the only thing I liked about this is 40 is that uh someone finally pointed out how much that kid looks like Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> he do, it's crazy. <laughs> it's the first thing I thought when I saw him and I was like reading reviews and like watching the whole movie like but Tom Petty was around when this movie takes place like why aren't people talking about the fact that he looks like Tom Petty? It's clearly the elephant in the room. <laughs> uh, and so the fact that uh, they... You started, you interrupted the screenings like, is no one going to say anything about this? Is it going to have um, to be me? Uh, but I mostly wanted to put Super 8 on, as much as I like it, uh, as a comparison to Stand By Me, because um, I don't think... Uh, Super 8 feels more tame in the way that the sort of boys talk to each other i think stand by oh, yeah. me uh and maybe just i don't know restrictions were looser at the time perhaps but like uh the things they say you know their their language is a little coarser in stand by me than it is in super eight. Oh, absolutely i i do think that there is a, a certain male dynamic it's one of the reasons why i think 12 angry men and glengarry glenn ross work is because these are all men that are arguing and fighting with each other. You get one or two women in there. And I think the dynamic changes uh, immensely, not to imply that women can't be foul mouthed. I mean, you watch veep and it's delightful. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's, but I do think that like, yeah, it's not that women can't be foul mouthed. It's that men, some sort of seem to behave sometimes as if women can't be foul mouthed or can't handle it. Uh, Right. Yes, I agree. And also like, and I think like, if you get like, uh, you get like guys together, certain types of, of men. And like, I think machismo and the competition like really comes out. Now, of course, if there's a woman there, then there's an element of competition there as well. But I think it has to immediately be more subtle, lest she, you know, realize 
I'm not saying this is objectively the case. I think in the minds of of these, uh, and I think I can probably just speak in terms of like just characters. Yeah. Um, you know, lest she understand like uh oh we're fighting we're vying for her affections right and so um but that's the thing so like you watch stand by me and yeah i do think it's like you actually get some competition you get like ribbing that maybe goes a, maybe a little bit too far because mm-hmm. these kids are still trying to find who they are in their mm-hmm. dynamic it feels more real whereas the yeah i think the the dynamic between the, the male characters and super eight does take on a certain uh i don't know it does feel tame and safe it feels like it's um Instead of, you know, people like things being edited for children, this feels almost like it's edited for parents. Yeah. Whereas Stand By Me is a better picture of like when I think about when I was younger than the characters in Stand By Me, I was using language worse than they use in that movie. But people don't think people don't think about third and fourth graders saying fuck. But that was when I like that was when we discovered the word. And like we would like among like our friends be like, be like, oh, holy shit. Like you overuse it, you know, um, did you see Not Fade Away? No. It's not great, but there's a scene where two of the characters meet for the first time when they're teenagers, and they are using the word fuck like three times a sentence, and it's like not commented on, but it's clearly like this is an age for them where they're like expressing their, they're rebelling by using this word. I'm telling you, you gotta see a serious man because okay. it's exact. it's the same thing, not with necessarily the, the main character's kid, but his friend, like as they're talking, his friend is, con- is just designated, designating everybody a fucker. Just, <laughs> just all the time, just keeps returning to yeah. it. And it's, it's very funny. And it, and he's at just the right age. He's like, ah, look who just discovered this word and realized, yeah. And it is kind of towing the line a little bit. Um, anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, um, that scene is my favorite scene in Not Fade Away, though. Okay. Uh, at the beginning. Uh, it's, I would say watch. It's not a great movie. You could watch it. But if you're gonna, only going to watch part of it, make sure you at least get to the part where the two kids are outside. I think they're outside a record store, and they just <laughs> can't stop saying fuck. Okay. And it's like, oh, you fucking go to that school? I fucking know a guy who fucking goes to that school. Oh, I fucking know that guy. It's very funny. All right. Um, you know, uh, I mentioned with Eats Mama Tambien, like, them not having jobs. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't... Th- I, I, I put this list together a little quickly, and I couldn't think of too many summer job movies, um, which is odd, because there are probably a lot of them. But the first one that came to mind was Adventureland. Right. Um, would... A few years removed. What do you think of Adventureland now? I think it's a. I think it's a very solid. I think it's a very solid movie. Like I don't uh, removing. Like that's the thing. Getting a few years removed. Um. You get past how it was marketed, and yeah, that's, that's part of why I asked. Yeah, and because so, because that is certainly how it was marketed. It's like ah, did your summer job suck as much as this? And just yeah. like the job has very little to do with this i mean but in many ways part, it has everything to do with yeah, cause it because it's a part of him growing up yes yeah. yes um but yeah as a as far as their relationship and as far as his you know his character and uh there's a there's a lot of good that's a i think that's a solid bb plus movie okay i would say that's about it. I, I i feel like i don't feel myself thinking about Adventureland as much as i would have thought that i would when i first saw it because i liked it a lot when i first saw it mm-hmm. and then it, I, I don't think about it that much but you don't see a lot of coming age movies about like people in there i don't know he's supposed to be like in his early 20s at that point because he's yeah like, he's great i think he's graduated college and he's college. gonna go you know he's yeah. gonna do the post-grad thing so it's but so it's essentially a coming of age movie 
about a guy who's 10 years older than the average coming of age character. Yeah. Uh, and part of how he comes of age is by having this job. Yeah. Now I could also put wet hot American summer as a summer job movie, <laughs> but, uh, that's just a great movie. Yeah. Um, but I guess it is a movie about sort of, um, uh, I don't know if this, this is not specifically summer related. Um, but it's, Something that happens more with summers, like the camp thing. You know, mm-hmm. I never went to camp like this, but I went to like theater camps for that were you know not not weeks and weeks long, a week long or so. Um, yeah, I only ever I only ever did a week long camp. It fascinates me that people would go away to camp for like six weeks. Yeah, yeah. fascinated me. Um, but there is a sort of like uh, both friendships and sort of. Uh, romantic relationships that that happen on this sort of in that sort of place are like are just heightened because of the fact that you're removed from your like uh you're removed from your normal society Mm -hmm. and then you're encapsulated in another place where it becomes uh, a sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for hot house type of uh, type of type of thing or you know uh and I think what had American Summer, as much as it is like not a movie that takes anything seriously, does sort of tap into that. You know, uh, uh, Ken Reno being obsessed with like having sex with the yeah. girl, but also Michael Showalter and um, I don't, I can't remember the woman's name who is uh, his uh, object of affection. I don't recall. Uh, I actually think it does that fairly well, and and then mirrors it with the adult characters, Gene Garofalo and David Hyde Pierce. Right. Yeah, it does. And it, go, and it does go back to that fleeting thing. It's like, it's like, we should do this while we can, because yeah. we can't do this in our everyday life, in our real life. Um, now there's another topic I was going to go to from here, but I actually want to do something else because you mentioned 12 Angry Men, which is actually on my list because there's a certain, another subset of movies that are just about how fucking hot it is. Yeah. Uh, 12 Angry Men is one, um, Streetcar Named Desire is one. Um, in the Heat of the Night is one. Do the Right Thing. Summer of Sam. And yeah, the last two I was going to mention oh, sorry. are Do the Right Thing and Dog Day Afternoon, which are yeah. probably the two best movies. That Those and 12 Angry Men are the three best movies about it being really hot. <laughs> Would you yeah, it's, uh, uh, Well, now, hang on. Well, you put me on the spot here. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's the end of Passion of Joan of Arc. <laughs> that's a dumb joke nah, I thought that was pretty good um, but uh, yeah I'd say that's about right and it is one of those things it does add to this idea of yeah and we've moved we've moved beyond that's the thing it, well done because we moved beyond like being a kid in the summer like yeah. what it means Although when you're I an adult more to do this. okay but like when you're an adult you know what summer means it's fucking hot <laughs> yeah. that's what it means oh I missed another one which is rear window oh absolutely yeah yeah and so like it's just it's one more damn thing to to deal with and the ac's not working yeah. and i got and i got freaking i got i got to be stuck in here dealing with these guys in what is obviously an open and shut case are you shitting me like it's just right. like summer becomes and i like okay all right this is i'm getting maybe a little psychological like <clears throat> summer is for me often quite frustrating because of the heat um but also I just, I wonder, and so I think that translates out to like adult characters in movies like, and when, you know, when characters need to, uh, 
you know, if you want to have a movie that like ups the ante as far as tension, it's often quite, it's often hot. And, and so I think like, I think they capture that, but also this idea, and this is not necessarily spoken, although I think you get maybe whiffs of it and uh, do the right thing is this idea of like summer supposed to be fun. We were taught that it was fun uh-huh. and now it isn't. Now it's just this shit. Yeah. Like I feel like there's an added yeah that there's an element of disappointment to to adulthood. And, and I think yeah that plus just the discomfort of the heat makes the heat almost in some ways literally a catalyst. Yeah. Um. And you definitely see that and do the right thing. And I'd say the proposition shows heat pretty well. Uh, I didn't see that. Um. But Dog Day Afternoon as well. Um. Anyway, uh, I want to burn through some more stuff. Okay. Um. Let's go with, well, I mentioned, you know, I mentioned Wet Hot American Summer and the way that it got that sort of, um, the passions are run a little hotter in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of romance. And there's definitely a couple of great summer romance movies. Uh, I don't think, did you ever see My Summer of Love? I did not. It's funny, I'm realizing that I picked two examples of summer romances, both of them are gay. Uh, huh. so My Summer of Love is um, Emily Blunt, I think, before she was before she was a star. This would have been pre- I don't know, pre-Devil Wears Prada. What did, we, what did we first know Emily Blunt in? I don't know. I only recently stopped confusing her with Emily Mortimer, so... I used to get her confused with Olivia Thirlby, who's the... Uh, I think she's the older sister in Juno. Oh, okay. Um, anyway. Uh, but Emily Blunt... Um, and uh, it, basically, uh, it's a summer lesbian romance. Okay. And I think uh, Patty Considine plays her father, or plays the other girl's father. I can't remember. But you're a fan of Patty Considine, right? Uh, to a certain extent. Really? I think he uh, overplays things sometimes. Oh. Huh. I like him in Hot Fuzz. Oh, well, yeah, where that's an asset, obviously. Yeah. And then my I other... thought he's a little... I, f- I feel like he's a little young to be playing uh, the father of someone that age. I don't think so. I mean, he was... This was after In America... Okay. So. Maybe I think of Emily Blunt as older than she is. Well, this is saying that like, this is 10 years ago. She's playing like a. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and then the other great summer romance, uh, which ties into the summer job thing as well, uh, is Brokeback Mountain that I put because. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's how it, they spent a summer on Brokeback Mountain. That's true, uh, yeah, that's yeah. How, that's where it bloomed. That's where it all happened. And it does go back... I hate to repeat myself over and over, but the common theme here, especially with stuff like that, is this idea of you're free to do what you want to do. Yes. No one is yes. watching you, although in that movie there were, you know, Randy Quaid's watching them. But, like, you know, you're free to do what you want to do. No one's watching. You can be who you want to be but only for a short time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a fleeting nature and that means, you know, there's a tragic nature to it. Uh, well, that, that let's get into the opposite of that then. Okay. Um, there's a certain, uh, yeah, you in some ways you're free, but sometimes during the summer, there's usually a week or two out of every summer for me, you're the opposite of free because you're on a family vacation. Yeah. And that's the worst. Um, is it the worst? No, it's, it's not. maybe not the worst. <laughs> it's up there, though. It yeah, can, it can be bad. Yeah, and some of them can be great. Um, 
And there are things that I had to do on summer vacations that I hated at the time that I'm glad I did now. Uh, my parents are very much into, like, history. There was a lot of museums or going to, like, mm-hmm. Colonial Williamsburg or seeing, like... I've never been there. Old, I, uh, I feel like I would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, like, old Native American settlements and stuff like that. Like, we did a lot of that stuff, and I'm really glad now that we did. At the time, I was like, I want to be back home staying up all night watching Who's Harry Crumb and then sleeping... <laughs> Uh, in the basement. Anyway, um, but uh, I, I felt like the family vacation movies, other than maybe vacation, don't really get at that. They're mostly more fun because they're probably made for families, these movies. Yeah, can you think of any off the top of your head? Well, the, the, and we'll get to vacation in a minute. Um, I don't have much to say about vacation, but I thought about what about Bob, which is basically oh, okay. uh, the idea of Bill Murray coming in and first ruining a family vacation and then becoming part of the family. Right. Uh, I like that twist on it. What about Bob is a movie that I also haven't seen in a while, but I'm pretty sure holds up. Yeah, and I, f- I get the feeling I might like it more now than I did as yeah. a kid. Just because I, I have such a... Like, I liked Ghostbusters when I was younger. I liked Groundhog Day when I was younger. But I get the impression... And I liked Bill Murray in those. But having now grown up and seeing just who he is in general and his style of comedy, mm-hmm. I get the feeling that I would really respond. Like, like when I watch Ghostbusters now or Groundhog Day, it's like, wow, he's doing amazing work that yeah. I, as a kid, I couldn't understand. And I get the feeling that with what about Bob, it's kind of the same, the same thing. And it's also, uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Julie Haggerty. Yeah. Is... And Charlie Cosmo, who does a good job. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but I remember... Bob, and then, the, the big thing that I remember is when he's talking about how he sails, you know, uh-huh. he's sailing, but the, the, and people remember him saying I'm sailing and being tied to the, you know, mast uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, but afterwards when he's, he's like, it's, it's exciting now that I sail, that I sail, I'm a sailor, ahoy. And when he <laughs> him saying ahoy is something and saying it that way, like I'm proving something by saying ahoy is genius to me. Um, the other movie that's also very much about family um, that I watched constantly as a kid, um, and I'm talking about the original, uh, was The Parent Trap. Uh, uh, yep. um, I only I saw the one with Lindsay Lohan once, but by the time that came out, I was a little older than the target audience. Mm-hmm. I think I watched it when I was actually babysitting the neighbor's kids is when okay. I when I watched it, and that, it's it's good the Lindsay Lohan one. But the one with Haley Mills was uh, just something I watched. Uh, a lot as a kid. I only saw it for the first time a few years ago. The Haley Mills uh, one? Yeah. Jen loved it growing up and I'd never seen it. So Does we it hold watched up? it. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Well over two hours. Is that, it really? that movie is like two hours and 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> it's insane. It is that insane. Is longer than it needs to be. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, that's, all, that's, I guess, uh, also about a, a family sort of congealing i guess during a summer vacation and yeah i mean not bob the, is absorbed into richard Dreyfus's family this yeah. is a family sort of reconnecting well and that's what national lampoon's vacation is about but in a in kind of a, a backdoor way yeah. where they bond the way say war vets bond you know it's just like we've all been through this terrible thing in the spirit of a good family a good family togetherness um and then at the end we just we just all want it to be over um yeah. And I do love just, you know, when he's talking with, uh, I don't remember the name of the, uh, of the actor, but John the guy, Candy. J- John Candy, that's who it was. Thank you. That's not who I'm talking about, <laughs> you son of a, uh, the, and I don't remember the guy, 
the founder of Wally World. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're compare, and he's talking about. He's basically justifying, you know, using a gun uh-huh. to uh, hold this security guard hostage. And he's like, he goes, you know, we just drove all the way here and just, and that's, you know. And then um, the Wally World guy, he talks about like, oh, he goes, hell yes, I've got seven kids. He's like, I've been, a, I've been across the country and just, and that smell. And Chevy Chase is like, ah, I know that smell, yeah. <laughs> and just, and it's that idea, just <laughs> that like family is just a hassle and the idea of like, of like, yes, yes, we all want to be together, but uh, no one likes it. The kids don't like it. The parents don't like it. And summer is just a thing that needs to be, that you need to get through. And I've seen a fair number of commercials that are aimed at like parents and it's all about, and it, they come about, about August, mm-hmm. you know, back to school, which by the way is one of my least favorite phrases from, uh, you know, when I was a kid. It starts so early. Yeah. Like it's, when I would be like three weeks out from school and I'd see a commercial or even a month out. Yeah, a month see like out, a usually. commercial that says back to school. I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Go right to hell. Yeah. What are you doing? Was It's just like, why are you taking this from me? <laughs> yeah. Why do you have to remind me? I got a month. I've got one third of my summer left <laughs> and you're reminding me of this now. But then in those back to school things, it's almost always not. All- and I still feel that way, by the way, when I see that, even though I don't have to go back to school, oh, I feel yeah. bad for kids. I feel I bad that. for those kids. No yeah. question. But like the parents, you know, in commercials, it's, just, it's always like, ah, now it's time for our kids to go back, go back to school <laughs> and then we get to do what we want. And it's just like, well, no, you don't. You go back to work. Yeah. But yeah, it's the idea of like summer being when like family can get together and maybe that's not a great thing mm-hmm. that's something that like vacation well, does really well and i think it i think that cynicism is is pretty great the final movie i put in this sort of category <laughs> is a twist on it where um it, the kids are grown-ups now and we've got older uh parents and that's on golden pond oh uh, yeah i hadn't seen for a while but i just remember as being very summery yeah um, very much so and debney coleman falls in the water that's funny <laughs> <laughs> that's a very summer I, summer movie type of thing to happen that is true although it i falls do off a dock into the water although i do feel that like what you just said and the way you just said it i feel like we've lost any credibility it's like and you know debney coleman falls in the water that's pretty funny <laughs> just like just such a meathead idiot but it is it is funny actually it is funny the way it happens and because it, of debney well, coleman and he because makes, and he it's like it. it's yeah it's because it's a it's the kind of dumb thing like a lesser quote unquote comedic actor would be like mugging or like splashing about or something. But yeah. like Dabney Coleman, for those who don't know, he's got one foot on the dock. He puts one foot on the boat. The boat starts to drift away. Yeah. He sort of does the splits and then he falls into the water. Yeah. And he but, doesn't oversell it. Like he's like, he's a big ham. He's yeah. Dabney Coleman in character falling into the water. And it's really, funny. and the character refers to what is happening and he's talking to somebody and he the character is deciding i'm going to turn this into a bit because what else can i do yeah and yeah. so he's just like what would uh because his arms are crossed while it's happening too he's like what uh what would you suggest uh for something like this you know and he and he sells it so well damn yeah. coleman damn it yeah great you, you you do not watch boardwalk empire no is he on that he is on oh it. i like that yeah um but yeah, On Golden Pond, I haven't seen it for a long time, but I remember it being a good movie and being it's, very it's, pretty to look at. It's pretty good. I think it's a little sappy in itself, yeah, but it's... Uh, it seems to be a theme today. Yeah, I you know, I think uh, if you're going to talk about movies that t- that are about summer, not merely take place in the summer, but are about summer, you're probably going to get that, that wistful sappiness. 
Well, I've got a good transition here from On Golden Pond into another summertime movie. It's called Summertime. Ah, uh, yes. They both star Catherine Hepburn. That's true. Um, it's a David Lean film where she vacations in Venice, Italy, mm-hmm. alone, right? Yep. Uh, and she's she's not a, a young woman, even though... No, she's probably like in her 40s. Yeah, she's not... Yeah. yeah she's, this isn't like a spring break or anything for her. <coughs> uh, and, um, we, you know, we've talked a lot about freedom in childhood and not being free when you're an adult, but this is about a grown-up person, someone who's older than we are, mm-hmm. um, having a summer vacation. Right? Yeah, and just and what that would mean, and it and it does have you know elements of like romance and just mm-hmm. and you know I mean if but like like <laughs> Debbie Col- Debbie Coleman, it never loses its head in the romance. It never becomes sappy. Well, that's the thing is there's what was it? Where did I hear this? I feel like I was listening to Hey, watch this. Okay, and I think you you guys made reference to something in your in your. Uh, Fall, uh, fall TV preview in which I don't totally remember. I apologize, but somebody comments that like, you know, don't, don't you wish, uh, that we could recognize the good old days while they are happening. Something oh, that, like that. That happened. Uh, Ed Helms character said that in the office. Series That's what it was. Yes. Which I didn't see. Um, it's worth watching. I mean, I hadn't watched the show in four years, but yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. I feel, I, I feel like I would, I would enjoy watching that finale, but, um, but yeah, that idea of like, it's like, uh, you know, you think back and like, oh, I wish I wish when I was a kid I could appreciate it. And it's like, well, you know, by in summertime, you know, when you say like she she has her head, mm-hmm. what you mean is she's aware that what she is doing is, you know, to keep returning to this term, it's fleeting. But she's in which allow and that knowledge actually allows her to enjoy what you know, what's happening while it is happening. I mean, there's a certain sadness that it, that it's not going to last, but you know, like it's one, it's, it's rare. And I do think it's an element of adulthood that like when things are, you're so aware when things are not going well, that like when they actually are going well, it's like, hang on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing well. (laughs) Things are going, I'm happy now. Um, well, you know, uh, we'll get, you know, uh, speaking of fleeting, there's nothing, uh, uh, and, and speaking of European vacations, um, one movie that I think really gets both of those things and takes place during the summer is a movie that I think you still have yet to see, even though I'm looking at it, it's right up there, uh, Before Sunrise. Right, yes, which, I don't I don't have that. Which doesn't take place I don't, over I the course... It doesn't take place over the course of the summer, it takes place over the course of a night, but no. it's in the summer while, you know, uh, Ethan Hawke's character is doing the sort of very typical, you know, uh, Europe backpacking trip type mm-hmm. thing that... Um, or it seems like it's typical in movies and TV, but no one I know, know ever did it. Um, uh, but it, uh, I mean, Before Sunrise is not a movie that technically needs to take place during the summer, but it seems very fitting that it does because I think of that, um, the way that, uh, the heat sort of ignites or inflames passions and Mm -hmm. also the fleeting thing that you're, you're talking about, that you have to get the most out of this because it's going to go away. And that's what, I mean... Now, uh, I mean, you unfortunately have the um, handicap of knowing that there are more movies <laughs> afterwards. But you know, when you first see Before Sunrise, you don't know. You know, right? They 
promise to see each other again another six months and we don't know if they do or not right uh, hmm. uh and um uh, i i think god i think you'd love that movie i'm sure uh, i would but that's the thing I, I i always felt there was a third one coming so i feel i <laughs> thought i would wait until the, the the trilogy was there are you gonna do a marathon watch absolutely yeah yeah that and lord of the rings i'm sure it'll have the same effect um the only so i've done that with um lord of the rings yeah when i was a kid i did it with start with star wars movies all right um the only other trilogy that i can think of that i have sat down and watched all three in a row born oh yeah absolutely it was uh i guess christmas my ex-girlfriend got me the born box on christmas day and we decided you know it's christmas morning we got nothing to we're here in los angeles we had nothing to do today we did a born marathon was it awesome it was awesome for me. I think she fell asleep before oh. the second one was over. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Uh, speaking of, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, summer vacation and like uh, the, the student thing of like traveling abroad and all that. Um, the sequence from Rules of Attraction. Did you ever see Rules of Attraction? Yeah. M- okay. Multiple times. But I'm trying to think what sequence you're talking the about. The sequence when I believe it's actor Kip Perdue. Pardue. Okay. I never remember his, his last name. But... Um, Kip, oddly enough, I have a I, I have no problem remembering, but um, and it basically is just this montage, a very fast montage of him going through Europe, and just oh, drinking right. and doing drugs and having sex and just all these things, and it, the montage is maybe two minutes, and it's the and you know he's just repeating to somebody like this is what I did, and. I feel like as strange as it sounds, and I think it's over the course of a summer because I don't think you can. I don't think it's a spring break thing. I don't think right. you can do it over the course of of one week, and so I feel like that, in maybe kind of a kind of a dark and cynical way, kind of encapsulates the way like we think of summer. That like when it comes right down to it, like yeah, two minute montage where like uh, it's you can boil it down to like, yeah, you did all these things. And like, if you put, if you were to put it, condense it down to you actually doing something, it's, it's this little two minute montage and then it's over, you know? Uh And this guy, and by the way, this guy, I think winds up, I think he got like an STD from it. And I think, (laughs) you know, so like it's over in a flash and there's probably consequences. Yeah. So do you like that movie rules of attraction? Uh, yes, I do. For the most part. It's, it's kind of tough to like, yeah, it's it's the kind of movie that I like, but if someone tells me they like it, I'm a bit wary of that person because there's it's easy to like that movie for the wrong reasons. Well, it's like Big Lebowski, you know. It's like you you and I love that movie. This is really snobbish, everybody. Sorry, but like, but you know what? You might have experienced this yourselves. So yeah, we're all we we can sorry. all we can all join in. But uh, yeah, you know, you hear somebody likes, and you're like, and immediately you kind of tilt your head and squint your eyes, like why and if <laughs> and if they start bring if they bring up pot in the first 30 seconds of their explanations like all right th- this is not we're not going to get along um do you know what the movie is that i find that um so many people like it for the wrong reasons that i think it has actually hurt the movie's reputation among uh i i guess uh more sophisticated comedy fans what's is that? the first austin powers movie which I still think of as hilarious, but it's been so discolored by the whole, like, you know, yeah, baby uh, thing, which is... And the two movies that followed it. That that played up all that stuff I don't like. Yeah. um, Or don't like as much. um, That people forget that The First Thousand Powers is really funny. Yeah. But you know what? 
now that I say that, I realize that I've said that on the show probably a hundred times. I think it's a pet cause of mine that Austin Powers is funnier than people give it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's genuinely funny. And I was just about, in my mind, while you were talking, I was about to say that it was subtle. It's <laughs> not subtle. Compared to those other movies, yeah. it's incredibly subtle. Yeah. It's a Jim Jarmusch film compared to those. Yeah. And there are more subtle bits of of comedy in in it uh yeah you know um like when they were when they were intent on doing a parody like uh, you know an homage to spy movies and bond movies when they wanted to do that which is what that first movie is basically then like that's i think that's what anchored it whereas those other ones all they wanted to do was make more austin powers movies and that was kind of it yeah and it took that stuff out of the context to yeah. where it was just him like saying goofy things yeah it's like it's like okay they've got this fat you know scotsman who could have been kind of a a neat parody of like any number of like bond henchmen Uh but all they do they just have him drink shit and talk about he wants to you know eat mini me like and it's just like you like you even recognize what like what you are doing or what you could be doing but you don't do it because you want to give into this other more crass lowbrow comedy instinct yeah no thank you yeah the third one has a bit again i feel like i'm repeating myself but a bit where he's speaking to someone in japanese and it's um there's like cups of tea or or like food and stuff on the table Mm -hmm. that are the same color as the subtitles so sometimes it'll look like the japanese guy is saying something and then he'll pick up the cup of tea and be like oh that's what he meant ah um that's neat that's and somehow like austin powers can like he's only understanding what we're seeing somehow Uh, it's clever i don't know if it's funny but it's clever and and well done you know sometimes cleverness can be funny yeah all right um that's all except for jaws yeah and and it's weird like i do find myself uh wondering like i mean certainly like it is a movie that can only take place in the summer i mean it is about a a town whose local economy is like is built around the summer like that's the idea of it and so so part of me is like okay well thinking talking about what we're talking about like what what does it have to say about summer and i and i don't know i think i think just kind of it addresses this sort of the herd mentality that all of us have about summer and the the idea that summer can be freeing. I mean, you know, I talk to my friends now, and we live in Los Angeles, of course, so that means, you know, beaches and all that. And so they're like, oh, I can't wait for summer. Uh-huh. Now, of course, when you're me, and you're basically a hermit who doesn't like to go outside, it's like, I love winter. <laughs> Cold, cruel winter, which is, in Los Angeles, is almost nothing. But like... Um, but like, they're like, oh, I can't wait for summer, you know, go outside. It's like, are you kidding me? Like... It's going to be like 95 to 100 degrees every day, and you can't wait for that. You're insane. <laughs> but that's a tangent. Uh, but people, but just people, I think probably due to the idea of summer vacation, I think people instinctively now see summer as more freeing than the rest of the year. Maybe because, like, you know, the elements aren't keeping them inside as well. And so I like the idea that, that Jaws capitalizes on that sense of like finally we can relax no you can't right in fact and and the idea and also the insistence like no it's summer we have to have fun we have to go to the beach and the idea that like 
and, and the the number of people that capitalize on that, mm-hmm. you know, and they insist, no, we have to keep the beaches open, which, by the way, you know, given again, given the, the fact that Fourth of July pays for the town the rest of the year, uh-huh. like not a terrible concern to have, by the way, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, while we're talking about it, but like it's uh, but yeah, it's it's just everybody except for like Brody and Hooper is just on board with this. It's like let's let's do this summer. We are going to have it. it in many ways, it is kind of like vacation. Uh-huh. We're just like we are going to have fun. Damn it! I don't care if grandma dies. I don't care if the dog dies. I don't <laughs> care if these swimmers die. We are gonna have fun during the summer. Yeah. And you know what I say? This is from I've heard it before, but you know why why be having fun in the sun when you can have it made in the shade? That's what exactly. I say. Exactly. And you know where it's always shady? Indoors. There you go. That's a good place to wrap it up. This has been a pretty uh, exhaustive episode. We've done everything on my list. Yeah. This, this felt like an old school Battleship Retention. I like, know. Way back in the early days when we used to make lists and cross cross off movies on topics. Uh, so if you didn't listen six years ago, this is what you missed. Except we uh, are probably a little tighter now. I'm sure the people listening now who are thinking that that was tight, but yeah, it yeah, is. it's like uh, maybe the half hour spent hemming and hawing about Arrested Development, <laughs> uh, maybe you didn't need that. All right, so you can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where uh, there's uh, links to this show and all the other shows in the fleet, as well as lots of uh, reviews, both theatrical and home video reviews by us and others. They're great, battleshipretention.com. You can uh, email us, david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me on Twitter at The Pretension or follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at morethanonelesson.com. My other podcast is called Hey, Watch This with Paul and David. I do that with uh, Paul Goble, the King of TV. You can find that at BattleshipRetention.com or at TheKingOfTV.com. And is that it? Yes. Thank uh, you for listening. Oh, hang on. Uh, this week's episode of More Than One Lesson, Oh, um, we have on a, uh, a guy named Josh Moore, who is a uh, an actor and a voiceover artist and a comedian. And uh, we use the opportunity to talk about... Uh, the intersection of Christianity and comedy, and uh, it's okay. uh, a good conversation. I'm very, I'm very happy with that episode. And also wanted to remind everybody that that uh, that premium episode with Bill Dwyer is available now. Yep. You go to battleshipretention.com, and uh, there'll be a big ad for it. Just click on that, and that'll take you where you need to go. Okay. And I saw um, this week's episode of Hey, Watch This. We will be talking about Arrested Development season four, awesome, as well as about uh, VH1 Classics That Metal Show. Hmm. So. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 